Hello and welcome, my loyal data subjects, to Arrest Armamix. This is a creative innovation podcast, GDPR Emergency Special. Yes, GDPR Exposed is the title of the show, and we're going to be debunking myths. We're going to be making you feel a lot better about your filthy spreadsheets. Where did you get them? Where did you get them? They're going to be bashing through your door with a battering ram any minute now. Riot helmets on, they're going to tackle you to the ground, drag you out by your hair, and you'll never be seen again. <laughs> You're going to feel a lot better after this, I think, I hope. Um, I've got Sylvia Baumgart on the show. Sylvia is a trainee solicitor with James West Stevenson, um, and she's going to be bringing all that legal jargon to its knees so you can understand what's going on and you know how you can get your house in order, basically, and stop panicking because there's been a lot of scaremongering, there's been a lot of terror. Um, people... Losing their minds a little bit. Uh, As we all know, we've been getting bombarded with emails asking people to opt back in. And uh, even that, it seems, is over the top. So there we have it. Um, Relax and enjoy this show. I thought I'd get this one together quick. So uh, I do apologise if the audio is a little tinny because we did this over Skype. Uh, We couldn't find the opportunity to get together in London. um, And I felt that this one had some urgency to just put people's mind at rest. Um, So we're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about approaching new clients. We're going to talk about correspondence with existing clients. We're going to talk about um, where you find your information. SEO, where does that stuff come into it? You know, uh, how is a person identified in the back end of your website? There's a lot of grey areas and there's a lot of things to talk about uh, that Sylvia articulates wonderfully. Um, Sylvia is a board member at the AOI and uh, is going to give us a little insight into that background. She wrote a fantastic piece on the Association of Illustrators website, um, basically making it all a little bit more digestible because I read a lot of articles, I don't know about you guys, that I came away from feeling a little more confused than when I started to read the damn thing. Um, And Sylvia deals with a lot of creative people, a lot of agencies with intellectual property dealing with copyright and all the legal side of that. So she's one of the good guys and she wants to kind of strip that that jargon away a little bit and just make it a little bit more understandable for the everyman. Um, it's not a reflection on intelligence, but let's face it, some of these articles just go way too unnecessary with their language and leave us feeling like someone's put a cement mixer in our mind, um, quite frankly. So... I hope that you guys come away from this phone a lot better like I did after talking to Sylvia. Um, so there you have it. That's why, we, that's why we're here today. It's another little part. It's X, episode X3 in the X series. Um, uh, these are the episodes that break the sequence of my every other week podcasts for Arrest or Mimics. Um, I just want to thank regular sponsors, illustrationweb.com, heartsinternet.co.uk, um, who usually give us a digital tip, but I think today's episode is one massive GDPR monster tip so we will leave that with you courtesy of heartinternet.co.uk um goes without saying i'm doing this episode in conjunction with the wonderful association of illustrators um ren the managing director was kind enough to put me in touch with sylvia after i was rather wowed by her article and here we are today we had a conversation over skype uh, and you're going to get that just now um quick thank you also to real junk food manchester i hope you guys enjoyed the very first video podcast 
I hope you've watched it, by the way. Um, with LJB Studio, Laura Bost, founding member, about to launch the Brilliant Design Giving magazine. And we get under the skin of what it's like to launch a print magazine working in print design in today's industry. So go back and check out episode 110 in audio and video format on the YouTube channel and on the usual SoundCloud channel. Also through Stitcher, iTunes, the usual Apple Podcasts, all the places you get your podcasts. If I've missed any and you like a particular platform, please do let me know and I'll try and get the show on there also to make it convenient for you guys. So you can listen in as usual uh, on your drive, at work, uh, on the toilet, however you fancy it. I've recorded the intros on the toilet before. So there you go. I'm going on another stupid tangent. <laughs> so... GDPR, let's get to the bottom of it. Let's crack on. Uh, do leave us some comments, please, on the social media at Arrest All Mimics. Uh, if you check out the show notes on the SoundCloud desktop, you will find links through to the websites we talk about, to the AOI, to the rest of the good people who support this show as ever. Get us your feedback on all platforms, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. We're on there. We're out there. Please, a little review wouldn't go amiss on Apple Podcasts. There's lots of kind people, regular listeners who've done that, and it is a massive help. So thank you to those who've done it please go and take a moment to do it if you get a second i know we're all busy people so there's no great rush but please do get around to it and spread the love tell a friend um my guess is a lot of people need their head clearing over this stuff so i hope you'll be kind enough to share it with a few people in or outside of our industry because i like to think this is going to be a big help so i want to know your thoughts please do get us your feedback a few of you people pitched in with questions when i put the call out on social media so thank you for that uh, it helped and i hope we've answered them so cheers. Uh, thanks again, regular sponsors, Heart Internet, IllustrationWeb.com, Real Junk Food Manchester, the AOI, uh, for helping me put this episode together. Uh, I hope I'll be seeing a few of you next week at the World Illustration Awards. Looking forward to that. Going to get a nasty shirt on and get some beers. So that's exciting times ahead. Go and have a look at all the great work they're doing and the campaign on Price It Right. Uh, pricing your work fairly and doing the industry good. So it's all going on. It's exciting times at the AOI. It's exciting times here and Arrest All Mimics. Uh, and for everyone concerned, so cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. So just, I thought we could just get a little bit about you and your background and kind of what your role is. And, and I, I believe you're an AOI board member. Is that is that correct? Uh, I am an AOI director. Director, brilliant. Okay. Yeah, so, um, but I was the managing uh, actually, the general manager uh, from 2004 to 2008. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. And then I changed my job and went to the University of the Arts London, mm -hmm. so UL, and was responsible for um, intellectual property education of, of the students. So I kind of um, joined ONIT. I'm not sure if you know about that, but ONIT was a kind of an educational advisory service for small businesses. And then it was in incorporated into the career service of uh, University of the Arts London. So I worked a lot with students on, you know, licensing, copyright issues, clearing issues and so on, and also developed learning resources, gave a, gave a lot of talk, and then we organized advisory sessions as well with big law firms um, that are specializing in IP. And then I decided that I could do uh, a law degree which I did. Fantastic. <laughs> so while I was working full time, I did a law degree and then um, uh, the LPC, the practice course. And now I'm a trainee solicitor at a very small boutique um, IP specialist law firm uh, based at Somerset House in London. So wow. we work uh, with um, small creative businesses and 
sole traders and mainly in the creative industries from music illustration animation product design for yeah or, you know so Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm doing now. It's great. You sound like the good guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we, we are, it's a very friendly firm, so I really like working here, and we do really interesting work, so, yeah. I can imagine. I mean, it's a topic that is broad and, and you know, so confusing for so many people, so I imagine it can be quite, <laughs> a, quite a rewarding role in some respects. Is that, is that, is that right? Yeah, I mean, I, I love, um, you know, speaking to, um, you know, creative people and trying to help them and trying to kind of figure out what they need to do without the legal jargon. So, you know, because the problem is you need to obviously learn, uh, you know, because it is complex, but you still have to be, um, you know, you have to communi- communi- communicate the subject in, in a fairly... Um, accessible way so and that is a real art I think to do that well it, well, it is and you I mean you did it as I mentioned when we when we first talked you did that fantastically well in the the article on the AOI website which is the reason I wanted to get in touch because you know it, it was the most uh, logical and easy to understand article that I read on the whole topic of GDPR um, so yeah you know I, so it seems that you're doing that pretty well yeah, thank you. <laughs> we try. So, <yeah. laughs> well, okay, well, cool. Well, let's. Uh, so the big bad word GDPR. Then I thought, okay, let's start with first of all, what you know, what it's about, um, and 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 kind of what it means. Um, it's obviously a big shift in law, right? Uh, we're in terms of data protection. It's not a big shift in law. It yeah. just seems like it because everybody's panicking about it. But uh, it's very likely if you have, um, you know, um, met the provisions in the old act, you are um, you comply with provisions in the new act as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only the thing, yeah. What is new is basically you have to inform uh, data subjects uh, or, you know, your audience uh, in more detail than before. And and there are some principles on uh, how to obtain consent uh, for processing data. And uh, it's basically all about more transparency. So you need to be more transparent than before about, uh, you know, your data uh, processing and data and how you control data in your business. But not yeah, that that is it really. So that is the the whole principle really. Uh, and that um, and then they have also uh, by previously previously when you were you know, say a data subject, so some private person who approaches a company to enforce their rights, for example, the right to um, access um, their information this company might hold about them. Um, previously, the company could charge a small fee for that. Oh, yeah? okay. And now they can't. Yeah? That's, yeah. A, that's a, another difference. But, you know, in principle... Uh, nothing much has changed. It's just that everybody is panicking, and therefore <laughs> you get all these emails about you know opt in uh, and give us your consent again, which I think is is a bit um, over the top. And also, um, 
yeah, is, is not necessary in most cases. Um, so it's based on pretty misleading information they might have read. Yeah, uh, and, and I think, um, you know, we, we, we are largely talking about freelancers and small independent businesses. So, yeah. I, I, so I guess once once a person has their house in order in terms of the, you know that they understand where they obtained their information and, and and who that is and what the relationship is, then it really doesn't need to be this big intimidating creature. No, not at all. One principle of the new act is also. But, uh, you know, your privacy information should be accessible to the user. So what's the point having, you know, 13 or 14 pages of privacy information uh, that nobody reads? You know, you can try to cut it down to, say, two or three or at the most four pages and give them the information. And if you, in the background, maybe within the company, if it's a bit more complex, you might then have, uh, you know, more details uh, if you have employees in your companies, which is probably most likely not the case if if you're an illustrator. But, you know, certain design companies might then have, um, you know, a policy, an internal policy on where they can find the data so that they can, uh, when somebody approaches them, find the data easily. Mm-hmm. They might, um, you know, put in systems in place, uh, put a person in charge who then responds to these queries and so on, you know, and, and just... Um, yeah, just internally um, do a sort of a, a, a policy how how it is done in practice within the company, and uh, the published privacy uh, policy uh, should be kept fairly short and should just set out, um, you know, where the data comes from. Um, uh, what kind of data you are controlling, um, uh, for what purpose, and the the legal basis of of processing that data, and how long you will retain the data. Yeah. So that's that's basically all the the principles that need to be. And also, um, do you transfer data? to third parties? If so, um, do you transfer the data within the EEA, the European um, Economic Area, or outside the EEA? And then you need to state, you know, which countries may be, um, who are the the processes, you know, your data processes to which you transfer the data, again, for what purpose? Mm-hmm. And and so on, you know. So and and also, um, you know, you might have third parties uh, from from whom you collect data. Yeah. So, okay, and that needs to be stated as well. Yes, of course. It's all very. It's all really quite basic stuff. Once the dust settles, it's pretty basic stuff when you know, um, you know how to do it, and and just look at the structure and the principles. Yes, it's uh, basic stuff which everybody could do. Um, you know, I would say in half a day. You know, just sitting down and and see what you know, what they have, and and then uh, just put it together. I would also say. You know, because there are now everybody's updating their privacy um, policies, you can just look at other people's websites um, and see how they have done it and get some 
some ideas of you know how it should look like because um, the structure should be always roughly the same yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, very straightforward. And, and actually, it's quite yeah. funny. It's funny you say half a day. That's more or less exactly what it took me. Um, because in my mind, I've been very disorganised with, with my... I mean, I was still using the same Excel spreadsheet of contacts that I had yeah. 10 years ago when I started doing this for a job. And it was just a great excuse for me to finally... It actually just gave me a deadline to get my act together, to sit down, to... you know, And, and, now, and I found people in this spreadsheet. I couldn't tell you who they were. I couldn't remember where I'd contacted them. And it actually made me think, you know what, actually... I did need to do this, and I've needed to do this for a long time. Um, and it's turned out to be actually quite a positive thing for me because now it's making me go, okay, what was the relationship? Um, should I really have that person on my database? Because actually they probably left that job and about five others in the meantime, so it's kind of silly really not to do this. Yeah, exactly. So you should maybe also declutter, clutter, uh, you know, declutter your data and 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 see, you know, if there's data which you really don't need to hold anymore, you know, yeah. because it's out of date. Uh, so it's, it's one of the principles as well to keep data fairly uh, recent, you know, and, and review data regularly, which also, again, was not in your old act, but is now a principle under the, the new um, laws. Uh, so, you know, the kind of the obligation to review uh, the data and keep data up to date. Um, on a regular basis so it's not enough to just do it so I say now in 2018 and then forget about it uh, for 10 years <laughs> it's actually an ongoing process yeah you should have systems in place which allows you to kind of you know check data what you would and also delete data which you don't need anymore yeah, maybe yeah. maybe just something that you maybe like. Let's say, for example, you know, you can do this each time you do the accounts. You know, maybe put half an hour to one side just to go through this and 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 make it a regular thing. Yeah, also, um, you know, put systems in place which um, allows users to update their own um, data if if you can. You know, that might be a bit too elaborate, uh, but you know, I think there are quite a lot of you know, application meanwhile where people can register on a website or on a newsletter and then they they have an account on your website and then they can update their marketing data themselves, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's maybe is, is just for bigger companies, you know, but I think... Um, yeah, sometimes it's easy to to do. I think, yeah, I'm not a web developer, but, but it might be that, for example, WordPress has this kind of applications that can be implemented in in a website. I don't know. So yeah, yeah, yeah no, it sounds it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. so, so just in terms of the real basics of this, we mentioned data subject and data controller. Would you would you mind just giving us a, a very brief description of yeah, what those so, are? Yeah, uh, so the the you know, some key terms used in the GDPR. So personal data is any information that can directly or indirectly ident identify an individual. And this individual is the data subject. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then a data controller is any person, which includes a legal person. And a legal person would be, a, you know, a company or so, a charity or something that determines the purposes for which and the way in which personal data are processed. Uh, okay. Yeah? yeah. It's not okay. quite... When I first heard this, I thought of the matrix, and it's not as bad as that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So, and then processing, you know, 
we come to terms. Processing means any operation which is performed on personal data or sets of personal data, whether or not the processing is done manually or automatically. So, for example, if you have if you have a, a filing cabinet in your home, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and you put um, your data in alphabetical order. Uh, or maybe not in alphabetical order, but by uh, company name and job description and so on, then uh, you are a data um, controller and processor, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of the filing cabinet, because you you are basically, it's an operation, um, you know, and you're performing an operation on personal data. So it doesn't need to be, um, you know, an uh, a software application that does that um, on your computer, it can be uh, your manual filing cabinet at home. Yeah, and yeah. that applies as well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's going into the physical as well, of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so just looking at, you know, I, I think of, a, let's say, for example, a project that I might carry out as a freelance illustrator, and there are a number of things within that process um, that all will, you know, will feature. I don't know what the right word is here, but but we'll, we'll we'll bring this into play now. So, for example, you know, there's the opening dialogue for a project. Um, you know, often these emails will copy in art directors, maybe an editor, people who will then probably be automatically copied to, let's say, my Gmail address book um, without me even knowing that sometimes. Um, and then, of course, there's invoicing, there's the closing of a job. All of these things contain yeah. data i guess so yeah would, exactly yeah. would there be yeah. uh, something you would suggest for people to kind of keep track of this thing as they work you know without this becoming a big distraction um well you just you just record that in your privacy policy that you are holding certain data like the name email address job title and so on for um, in order to process your um, commissions, you know, that is, and that is the legal basis as well. You mm-hmm. know, you have to have data of these persons in order to do your job. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. So that's it, really. Yeah, so it's just as simple yeah. as, yeah, make it a Yeah, camera. it's a simple sentence, um, you know, and then you just decide, uh, obviously, some of these people you don't need the the personal data any any further um but i suppose they you know for marketing purposes for example um it's it's not just uh gdpr that applies but it's also PECA, the privacy and e-commerce uh, um, regulations which actually is existing legislation so that's not new at all so if you for example want to email them later about updates on what you have done after you have been commissioned by them yeah mm-hmm. um you can do that because they are employees of a company yeah yeah um so and and they have um yeah you have worked with them and uh so you you know they basically have opted in um so-called soft opt-in because you've worked with them you can also email them with updates uh, because you can assume that they're interested in what you're doing they might commission you again and the services you're marketing are probably very likely similar to the services for which you 
uh, have been commissioned by them. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I guess this applies also to the ripple effect. So for example, uh, I often have to chase clients, you know, two, three months down the line for late payment. So maybe I need yes, the person exactly. no, you in accounting. Yes, exactly. permission for that. That's a, that is, is in your legitimate interest as, you know, um, to, to get cash flow into your business. Yeah. I mean, they have to pay your bills. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, okay. <laughs> of course. So no problem. Yeah. So I think yeah. it, it sounds like there's a lot of common sense in this yes yeah. it is a lot of common sense it's just um it's just a bit silly that everybody um yeah might have lost some of, <laughs> some of it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a bit it's a bit over cautious what's happening at the moment yeah and I don't, I don't really know who is who is giving this kind of advice to companies you know it's a bit strange. Yeah, for, without a doubt. But I guess this is the nature of these things, and and of course yes. with you know with social media, we're overexposed. So that's why you know I guess that's why I wanted to do this and have this conversation. You know, yeah. <laughs> if I cause if I can understand this stuff, then I'm guessing most people can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so, so, so it's, not, it's not rocket science, you know. I just when you when you look at it uh, for the first time. It's, probably seems a bit daunting to to get to grips with it it certainly was daunting for me um but you know once you got it it's 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 fine. Yeah, I certainly feel a lot better about it. Um, you know, having 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 digested this stuff. Um, yeah. So, so let's talk about consent because this is, of course, one of the, the biggest pillars of this whole thing. Um, so, the descriptions I, I took down here. So, we've got consent, documented written permission with a clear option to withdraw at any time. And I mean, that covers some of the things we just discussed in terms of a business relationship. Um, yeah, you do. But the thing is, you don't need consent if you already have a business relationship and they have commissioned you yeah mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can so there is there are legal bases uh, under which you can process data personal data yeah consent is only one of them yes yeah uh, you another one is uh, is to kind of fulfill a contract yeah mm-hmm. so you don't need consent because it's obvious you need that you need to kind of have this have certain personal information of these people in order to um, you know process the commission and process payment and so that's and then there's another one which is quite wide and that is uh, legitimate interest of your company yeah mm-hmm. so for example, um, if if the person so under Packer you can send emails to companies anyway, yeah. yeah. In any case, if it happens that uh, in in your marketing list there's, there is a, a personalized email address that identifies an individual, then GDPR applies. But you can then say, okay, I'm processing that because I have a legitimate interest to further my business interest, you know, and I also assume that these people are interested because of their job title, because they commission illustration to hear from an illustrator and their work, yeah, because that's what they're looking for anyway, because it's their job to know what's out there. So you are furthering their you know, so I don't think they will be surprised or will be offended or will complain 
if you send them an email with your newsletter and your latest projects. Yeah, yeah? and it sounds like okay. the worst. I mean, it, it's it's a business. Uh, I think they will more likely be offended if if you send them, you know, jokes that have nothing to do with your business or their business, and uh, or what, you want to sell them something which is just absolutely not related to their job. You know. Yeah. So. And, and and here's the thing. Also, I mean, you know, we're we're talking about. You know, very faceless, soulless, blanket email shots that that maybe irritate people. Um, yeah. Whereas, it's you know, as even then, as you say, if it, if it's an illustrator to an art director or a, a musician, you know, musician to a producer, this is this is how people have to live and and, and build their business. So yeah, it, exactly. You know, provided yeah. it's all done in good taste and it's done uh, yeah. in a hu- on a human level and not completely fishing for someone's email from a, a illegitimate source, for example, then I guess, yeah. you know, very rarely is somebody going to kick off. And even if they do, even if they've had a bad day, my guess is that if you've conducted yourself properly and you've laid this stuff out in your privacy policy, then you're going to be okay. Yes, exactly. And you just have to make it very easy to for people to unsubscribe from your newsletter or withdraw, you know, and, and tell. Uh, and so you need to have clear, first of all, you need to state clearly in your communication who you are, you know, where the communication comes from, whom to contact uh, if they if they want to uh, have concerns about how you process uh, the data uh, or and make it easy to unsubscribe, mm-hmm. yeah? So don't hide anything and don't get stroppy if people want, want, you know, want to unsubscribe from your, your newsletter because they don't, yeah, they they are not interested anymore. You know, you have, at all times you conduct, uh, you know, you have very, not, you know, friendly, conduct yourself friendly and be friendly about this. So, yeah, and then you shouldn't have any problems really. Absolutely, and and then the thing is, um, you know, I mean, like I said, I've been doing this for ten years now, and and one thing that hasn't changed is the fact that I think, okay, who would benefit from my services? Who would I like to work for? And then yeah. I will look on the company's website. Okay, let's let's say, for example, right now I have a a real you know a list of clients i would love to work for uh, a couple of examples penguin books the new yorker magazine would be awesome therefore i will look in the pages of the magazine and see if the art director is listed if they're not yeah. the chances are i will call reception or i will email the 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 publicly available email and ask if it's you know if i could be connected with that person all of these things are, are quite open public steps therefore i think that would be okay uh, is that correct Yes, yes, especially, you know, you can contact companies, you know, you can send unsolicited emails um, to companies, according to PECA, yeah? Yeah. You just have to, when you when you then send emails to, a, you know, a kind of a, a identifiable individual, then GDPR kicks in and then you have to uh, make it easy to withdraw, yeah? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, that's you know that's, this is a perfectly legitimate approach and yeah. So in okay. in in, the, in that case because because I when, when I do this I always in, this is just my own example but I'm sure this applies to other people um, so I would send a very let's say for example I'm connected with that person. First of all, they would have to accept that, but then also it would be a very personal email, so not actually a newsletter. It would be directed at, just to that person to say, "Hey, how's it going? Like, I'd love to work with you, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. 
Um, would I? I mean, it, it wouldn't be an unsubscription as such, but I guess in that case, would I then say to that person, if you don't want to hear from me anymore, that's fine. Please just say, is that would that suffice? Do you think? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Or yes, yeah. I mean, I'm not even sure if you need to if you send a personal, a very very personal email. You know, um, you you might not need to mention that they can because they would just ignore you or they they tell you anyway if they're not interested yeah yes yeah and yeah I, and, and i found in your article on the uh, aoi website i found the three step the three questions to ask about legitimate interest very useful um, yes. do you have do you have those to hand would you be able to relay those yeah so so you should ask yourself three questions Am I pursuing a legitimate interest? And that could be a commercial interest of your business. Yeah. So mm -hmm. basically getting new clients or getting customers is definitely a business interest and a commercial interest because otherwise you won't survive as a business. So you need new, new business. <clears throat> and is the processing necessary for that purpose? So basically need, is it, is it necessary that you send emails to data subjects for yeah. that purpose? Yeah. And that's probably also the case. Yeah. You could also send letters. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in order to send them, for example, a little flyer or something special, you obviously need to um, have their postal addresses. Yeah. Yeah. And do the individual's interests override my own interests? That's the most important step because you need to ask yourself, um, you know, is the individual, would the individual in a way get upset about that? Yeah. yeah? Or, I mean, uh, that's in a nutshell. Obviously, you know, um, um, would do you really, you know, is, is the, would the, individual be interested in, in in receiving this communication or are there other aspects where you can say this is absolutely not in the interest of, of the individual and and they have a right to you know be not being approached in this way and um, but otherwise you know you can you can send an initial communication to a data subject so it very much depends on the context and i think i used an example there um so if you send if you use your customer's email addresses to send them a funny video which you have just downloaded on youtube uh, that has nothing to do with your business obviously that is silly and um and I would say that certainly does not, um, you know, is not a legitimate interest because it's just spam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you, you know, if you send potential customers a follow-up email about your services after they have previously inquired about your services, uh, so this may not allow you to include the email address in your emailing list for ongoing marketing communication, but you can certainly send them, you know, an initial email uh, if they have expressed in any way an interest in your services or you know, you know, that they are, would be interested in hearing from you. Yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. And that our art directors, in principle, are interested in hearing from you. Yeah, yeah? Just, just by because the nature of their job. work. 
Yeah, so, okay. so so even if I'm the the 100th illustrator through the door that day and they absolutely hate yeah. my hate my style yeah, 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 and they yeah, and they yeah. want to just report me because they're angry. Um they, it still is ca- I don't think they will report you. They might just send you an angry email so that might be a waste of that time. Oh god, you know? yeah. Just, and, and, just, and, and this yeah. this has been this has been going on for years anyway, but um yeah. but even in that instance there's nothing legal that can get a person in trouble because they've still they've taken into account all those questions the job etc yeah yeah i think you know i think i think there's nothing illegal in sending uh, potential you know art, art commissioners um you know an, um, an email with your uh, services and and your portfolio so you know and asking them to have a look and see if if uh, if you can work together yeah, it's no problem. The problem uh, is much more um, on the side of the general public. Yeah, if you, for example, are an illustrator who sells uh, mar- merchandising to the general public, you know, through the, for example, through your, your website or so, mm-hmm. then it becomes a problem. Yeah, because then you are not approaching companies like com- your commissioners are companies most of the time and not private individuals but then uh, so if you if you market this merchandise to the general public then you have to be much more careful yeah not to um not, not to approach them with this kind of spam if they haven't consented to receiving marketing from you yeah. Yes, because that's that's then going down the road of cold calls and PPI and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah exactly. all, all of the things yeah. that all but of the, so all, you know you can according to PECA. So that is that actually falls under PECA. You can uh, use you know you can cold call uh, the general public as long as they're not registered. You know have have not um, refused to. I think there's a. Um, there's an organization where you can actually sign up and then uh, you don't get any uh, unsolicited calls. Oh, yeah, that's, that's it. Um, it's called, I'll see if I, oh, yeah, the TPS, Telephone Preference Service, yeah? Mm-hmm. So if somebody signs up, registered, registers there, then you can't call, uh, call, it, call them anymore. Uh. Yeah. Okay, and how, how is there a listing for that? How do you find out if someone's on that? Um, uh, I think you probably have to go on their website and find out. Um, and I'm not sure how you can find that out. Yeah, if if um, if they have uh, registered or not, but there is definitely a way to find out. So I would just go onto their website and and see. Although yeah, I, I guess this again, this again comes down to common sense because if the if the yeah. number is there on the contacts page and it's publicly available, then I guess that's kind of saying okay, you know, you know, in a business respect, and not the general public, then 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 I guess this is kind of you know that's what it's there for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, there are quite a lot of private individuals who uh, freely, um, you know, put up their private telephone numbers everywhere. Uh, without being aware that it might be um, publicly available then, you know. So I think 
um, I would be careful just grab any phone number from the internet. Oh, so. dodge! Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more in terms of you know businesses with a with a yeah, yeah. with a businesses contact page. Are fine. In general, businesses are fine, but even um, you know if you want to call a business, um, if they are registered with another, you know, this is called corporate telephone preference service. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then you can't call, it, uh, call, it, call them. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. equivalent for corporation, you know, companies and so. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny because um, there's a couple of things. So, so when I, over the years, uh, you know, as a freelancer, I've often been quite cheeky in the, in the methods I would use to contact people. And I think some of these now will I'll, I will have to rethink. <laughs> For example, I did a lot of work with The Guardian um, and sometimes BBC. And what I realised after a while is that the format of the email, so for example, first name, dot surname, at, etc., and then I would, if I knew there was a certain art director I wished to reach, but their email wasn't publicly available, I would apply that name to the email format and then contact them. Now I'm guessing that's a no-no. <laughs> no, you can do that. You can? You know, because you're guessing, yeah. Yeah, of course you can. You are, you are not contacting um, a private individual as such. You're trying to contact... Um, a company through that private individual. Okay, yeah? that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, where you ever get this information uh, is is fine. You know, the outcome is that you are in principle contacting a company rather than an individual. But again, you know, under GDPR, you have to make it. Um, you know, you also have to go through the test. Do you have legitimate interest? And I would say, yes, you have. And you know that this person is, uh, you know, through their job title, um, you know, there is there is an assumption probably uh, that you can contact them anyway. So Yeah. yeah. And then, and then uh, by the same token, I would imagine that introductions are cool also. I mean, you and I were introduced by Ren from the AOI. So, again, that's probably going to be fine. Because yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, all, exactly. All yeah, yeah. That's fine because I've agreed... Yeah, that Ren, um, yeah, that's fine. Perfect. Well, you know, one thing that I really am taking from this is, because one of the questions I was going to ask, but it's kind of already been answered, is just, you know, what would you say to a person who, let's say, for example, is just getting started or or they've really been frightened by this whole GDPR and they're thinking about scrapping everything? I mean, it's already been answered that that would be a foolish move to get rid of everything. Um, it really doesn't sound like there's any need for that. Um, so I'm kind of glad to hear that. No, you don't have, you know, if you have a list, say a mailing list, and you know that most people have given consent or, um, you know, you have worked with them in the past, they might not have sub- uh, subscribed to your mailing list, but you have worked with them in the past and uh, and the contacts are fairly recent and uh, you know up to date then you don't have to send an email saying oh can you please opt in again Mm -hmm. that's ridiculous because you might lose half of your mailing list because people can't be bothered to respond well, this is it, and I and I did actually get a few emails from people saying, right, we're we're actually not going to do any more, you know, email newsletters. We're just going on social media, and it struck me as I thought that can't be right. There must be a, a way around this. 
Yeah, no, it's just it's just in most cases, um, you know, pretty wrong advice. Yeah, you know, I'm glad to hear that. And it did, it, you know, the more I read about this, and especially your article, it did make me think, okay, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. No, it's not. <laughs> how about how about you mentioned third parties? How about um, I mean, I used to use a company called Bikini Lists where I would buy databases. Oh, yeah, I know Bikini Lists. Yeah, and of course, yeah, yeah. I do a database. And then when I began as a freelancer, my first reference was the, the, the Writers and Artists Yearbook. Um, how, yeah. do, how does the, the lay of the land change with, in respect of this? Is, is the, it hasn't, hasn't changed at all. It's just that people didn't pay attention to it. Yeah. Okay. So this law has not changed. It's as it is um, and was in the past. So basically, in order to, um, you know, transfer data to third parties, for example, bikini lists, in order for them to transfer their data, which they have collated to you, they need specific consent of the data subjects that are on their lists. Ah, uh, okay. So yes. Okay. So, so, so basically, and that doesn't—that needs to be specific, and and can't be just um, oh yeah, other persons you might be interested to hear from them. Yeah, because this is much too wide. Um, you can say you know named art directors. Okay, yeah. and and you you need to see. Um, you know to basically check if they have done that, if they have um, you know if they have received specific consent that the the data they're selling to you, um, you know, if, if they have got the specific consent to uh, transfer it to you, because otherwise you are also, you might be also in breach of, uh, of PECA in this case and GDPR. Yeah. And how do you how would you go about getting that consent? Because you know, I mean, let's let. No, them, that's, it's the it's the responsibility of of these marketing of of these commercial companies that do, um, you know, the compile these commercial marketing lists. So mm-hmm. you have to just um, ask the right questions. Yeah, yeah, how they got consent, how long ago they have updated their list. Um, what else? You know, what 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 exactly was the question they asked the data subject? You know, what have they signed up for? Um, yeah. 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 How how specific was the consent? Because it needs to be quite specific in order for you to use the list. If it's not specific enough, then you can't use the list legitimately. Yeah. yeah? So you might buy something which is actually by law pretty useless. Yeah. And so, yeah. and, and, and so, so, you know, I guess it's about getting that explicit clarification. But there's, I guess, there's only so far you can go in terms of trusting them. Yeah, I mean, um, the the ICO, the Information uh, uh, Commission um, Commissioner, um, they they recommend that if you buy a list, uh, you might do a kind of a sample mail before you use the whole list to see, you know, how far it's out of date. Is it, um, you know, is, is it actually usable? You know, yeah. are, there, are there many, many emails just bouncing back because they're not up to date anymore? And then, you know, do you have bought a list which is certainly not, um, you know, doesn't comply with, uh, with current le- legislation. Yeah. Yeah. If there are too many emails that are bouncing back. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and there were there were a couple of just little grey areas I wanted to touch upon um, in terms of like I, I think in the article you mentioned SEO for example. So if you're getting feedback in the back end of a website about people who are let's say listening listening to my podcast for example, if that information identifies that person, then then they then become a data subject, right? Yes, exactly. So if you can match, uh, you know, this kind of data with a specific individual and identify this individual, then it's uh, regarded personal information. But in most cases, it's, it's just um, aggregated, in, uh, you know, information like statistics and where your users um, come from. Um, yeah, I think that that is so that wouldn't fall under personal data, this kind of visitor number statistics, uh, what kind of search engines they're using, or, you know, browsers. I think it's browser information is on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, location information and so, and this kind of stuff is on there. But it's very difficult to, um, you know, to identify uh, an, an individual with this kind of data. Uh, but if you can... Yeah, by combining it with other data you have, then it becomes personal um, data. Yeah, and and I mean, I guess you know, in that instance, for example, all of those people have signed up to the platform. They're listening to the podcast, so they're kind of a customer, and it's you know, it, it, so it does again. It probably falls under the legitimate interest. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yes, yeah. Perfect. Well, I mean, you know, I think I've covered most things there. Um, is there any sort of takeaway key advice you would give to people? Well, I would say not to panic. And, yeah. and also, you know, it's uh, the 25th of May is was not a cut-off date, and after that you will be fined. It's not like that. If you can, if you can uh, show that you are actually engaging with uh, the legislation and that you are getting you know, a certain, um, the information together and you can say that, you know, and you can, um, yeah, because it's an ongoing process, you know, you don't have to um, be perfect um, on the 25th of May. Uh, I think quite a lot of companies missed, missed that, you know, you can, you as long as you kind of get it up there in the, in the next, you know, near future, you should be fine, but you don't have to panic at this point. That you haven't done it. I put a little call out on Twitter for anybody who wanted to contribute a question for this show, and and one of the questions that came back was that exactly that I've missed the deadline. Uh, do I now have to burn the list? And, and you know, I said, no. I, I, I said, I said, I'm per, I'm pretty certain. My understanding is that no, this comes under legitimate interest as long as you've got your house in order. And I think what we've talked about confirms that today. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, that's been really, really helpful, and I think that's going to put a lot of people's minds at ease. So it's really uh, greatly appreciated, Sylvia. Yeah, thank you for inviting me to talk about that. Yeah, of course. No, it's uh, it just felt very necessary, and um, just as we said, seeing the sheer amount of panic, I thought, okay, I can I can help some people. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been awesome, um, and. Yeah, I, I guess for further reading, I will direct people to your article on the Association of Illustrators website. And is there anywhere else you would recommend people to? I think I'm not sure if the if the um, Association of Illustrators article is is um, accessible to members only. Yeah, that's so right. I'm not sure. I think it's in the member page, mm-hmm. isn't it? It is. Yes. You know? 
Yes, it, it is. is. So yeah. basically, you have to be a member in order to access that article. Um, but um, we have actually put it on our website as well. Fantastic. And, what, and, <laughs> so what, and what's the website? You don't have to be a member to, to get that article, this particular article. But it's obviously always a good idea to become a member of the Association of Illustrators. It's, it is. It is. And people... Yeah. And people, so yeah. I don't, you know, the, because this is not the only resource they have. Oh, God, um, no, there are lots. I have, I have also just... Um, just to, to complete that, I have um, I've draft, drafted a privacy policy template um, for Illustrator. So, and that is also a member service, and I that is not on our website. That's just for the AY. Super. Well, you know, people should know by now from me plugging them. It's well worth it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and where and where is your website? Sorry, where people can go and read. It's, uh, it's actually jwssllp.com. Okay, there we go. jwssllp.com. Fantastic. Well, that's uh, that's been awesome. So thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really okay. good. Okay. Super. Well, uh, yeah, cheers for that. And, uh, yeah, thank you for chatting. And uh, I hope to catch up very soon. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. All right, Sylvia. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening and thank you so much to Sylvia Baumgart for taking the time out of her evening to talk to me. Uh, so kind of and so helpful and I hope you feel the same way. I hope you're breathing a big sigh of relief. I hope you're putting the kettle on. Nobody's coming through that door. Nobody's dragging you out by your hair. At least not for GDPR stuff. Not just yet. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's fine. It's uh, it's all good. Just get that house in order. Get that organisation done. I know as a creative person myself, it's bloody hard to do that sometimes. And my databases were an absolute mess. So when all this stuff started coming in, I panicked like everyone else. It kept me awake a few nights. And it really needn't have because now everything's sorted. Everything's cool. The people I've got on those databases are people I ever have a dialogue with. and legitimate interest in contacting them. It's not going to curtail my business. I don't have to burn any documents. So it's just about taking precautionary measures. And I don't know about you guys, but thankfully and touch wood i've not been in any car accidents so for those tossers who ring me up and pester me see you later you're not going to be missed um and i hope it does some good to that end and all the the bullshit that we do have to deal with uh maybe it's going to be a good thing for that so let's just keep an eye on it and and see how everything settles but i think to be honest we can breathe a little bit and i hope you feel the same way so please let us know your thoughts uh at Arrest All Mimics, as ever, on Twitter, Instagram and social media platforms. Facebook also. A little review would be lovely on Apple Podcasts if you get a moment, or iTunes, wherever you digest your audio content. Go back and check out the episode with LGB LGB Studio. Um, If you haven't been on the crowdfunder, please do go have a look on Kickstarter at Laura's campaign because she's doing some great work and she's really putting the graft in this month. To shout about her wonderful magazine, Design Giving, um, really championing a more ethical design and um, better thought out products um, and benevolent kind of design. I'm wording it all wrong, but it's but it's a really great message and it's looking at thoughtful design and design giving, as it says on the tin. So please do go and chip in if you've got a spare fiver or tenner or you just want to give some support and share the word that's fine too she's doing a really great thing it's over at designgiving.co.uk forward slash kickstarter uh the poor lass is knackered she's really putting the legwork in she's trying to raise the money to get his magazine printed and i really think it's going to do good so please do if you're a friend of the show go and support her and help her out when you get a second cheers for checking in as ever guys thank you to the regular sponsors especially the association of illustrator 
the Royal Little Association of Illustrators who've helped me get this show together at such short notice. So cheers to Ren for that means a lot. Uh, I hope to see a few of you guys, as I mentioned earlier, at the at the World Illustration Awards coming up next week. Um, exciting times there. Looking forward to seeing who's won, who's scooped them awards and having a few drinks and catching up with a few faces. So I hope to see you there. Like I say, uh, cheers. Thanks to them. Thanks to illustrationweb.com, founding sponsor, heartinternet.co.uk, bringing us digital tips to the show and the wonderful Real Duke Junk Food Manchester, feeding bellies, not bins, making good on waste food from supermarkets and restaurants, etc. Go and check them out. Do wonderful work. Go and have a brew, have a meal, pays you feel great cause. Um, cheers for listening, guys. Thank you so much. Emergency episode X3 had to be done. GDPR exposed I hope you like the graphics by the way a little bit naughty on my part maybe slightly controversial in parts but I had a lot of fun and there's not enough risk in advertising so if I can't do it on my own show where can I do it so have a look at that and let me know your thoughts on the posters too I had a lot of fun making them but that's enough I've taken enough of your time Um, have a good week get creative go and check out the archive spread the love cheers guys enough rambling see you later (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.